0: Welcome to the Firewords Podcast.
1: This creative writing podcast gives tips on how to improve your writing and chances of publication. I'm Dan Burgess. And
0: I'm Jen Scott. We're the editors of the magazine and we always want to hear from you, so please get in touch.
1: Yeah, tweet us or email us if you have any questions uh, we can address or discuss.
0: We do have a question from one of you coming up towards the end of this podcast, but first, let's get into it. (laughs)
1: So today we're going to be talking about writing for a theme or a prompt. Now each issue of Firewords uh, has a theme, and the first four were themed around the season that they were published. So we had spring, summer, autumn and winter. And then issue five had the theme of change. Issue six was secrets. And issue seven, which we're going to be discussing quite a lot today, was the theme of dark and light.
0: Yeah. The themes we've chosen are important because we feel like they give each issue its own identity. Um, it hopefully adds to the enjoyment of reading and creates a wee family of pieces that are all based around the same general concept.
1: We also purposefully choose themes which are quite open so that it's not too restrictive on the kind of writing.
0: That said, we do consider pieces that aren't under the theme and judge them by merit on the basis of the writing alone, so you don't have to write for the theme to get published in that issue. So, we're going to attempt not to give any spoilers today, so you can still read issue 7 if you wish.
1: Yeah, the print edition has actually sold out, but you can still get the digital issue at firewords.co.uk forward slash shop. Uh, We're going to be reading out some excerpts, but you'll probably get more from it if you've actually read the whole pieces before, so we recommend that.
0: And with the digital copy, it's fully visual, so you get all the artwork as well, which is a very important component of Firewords. So, in issue seven, they're all great pieces, but we can't discuss them all, so we've selected a few which best suits the conversation here, which has been a hard task. So we're going to start off by looking at the dark side of the theme, then we're going to look at the light side of the theme, then some pieces which straddle both. So this poem is on the dark side. It's called Chagrin by Dominic Younger. Overbearing emptiness and the stamping of feet, he broadcast shadows against the sound of clenching teeth, to senseless symphonies, miseries and moans of everyone, everything, Anything that grows. So again, that was an excerpt, not the full poem, but just a quick word here on the structure. You'll have noticed, hopefully, by my reading, that there's a regular rhythm which keeps the whole thing flowing and a rhyme scheme throughout the poem. So the regular rhythm keeps the whole thing flowing, as I've said, but it's like the person who's listening is on a train getting carried along from one thing to the other, also, as I've said, the rhyming couplets at the end of each stanza and then the stanza itself also has an A, B, C, B rhyme pattern um, in each of the four lines. It makes it more memorable. It makes the certain words stand out for the listener. But a lot of half rhymes used rather than full rhyme, which is a great poetic technique because it allows the piece to be very memorable without seeming contrived and opens up a lot more vocabulary to fit within that scheme. So I wanted to touch on structure here because it's something that you don't always see and is always changing within the world of poetry itself. Like in the new modern way of writing, it isn't always perceived as cool to follow traditional structures, but here it was really really effective and adds so much that it's always worth at least considering.
1: Yeah, it's not on topic, but it's interesting to hear why you've connected with that poem and why you enjoy it.
0: All that said, it's made dark by the careful use of language, like despair, grasping, willing to drown. Folks, you get no context for these words because I don't want to spoil the rest of the poem. And the story that's told is of someone who goes through a lot on their own without any real understanding from elsewhere. So it's got a very dark, but clear and impactful sentiment.
1: So just before I move on to the next piece, we've said the theme of this issue was light and dark, but we actually, something new we did for this issue was split the magazine right down the middle. So the first half of the magazine has all the pieces that fit in with the dark theme, and the second half is all the light end of the spectrum. Well, in our opinion, anyway. But that was a fun way to play around with the structure, and actually put the theme into how the magazine is constructed. So now let's move on to the light side, and I'm going to read an excerpt from a short story called Like Art by Sean Bossio. We managed to steal a day, long past the time when it should have been possible, and so we ran while death turned his back for a moment, knowing he would catch up with us sooner rather than later. It was October, and the day was overcast but we didn't mind, and I bundled her up against the elements. It's beautiful out, I said. Like art, no? We took the metro to the Latin Quarter and walked what we could of the streets, though we stopped at nearly every block so she could rest. It was the morning, and the boulevards were quiet. We passed the café de flore, and she squeezed my hand. We turned down Rue Bonaparte, and in the distance... We could see the towers of Saint Sulpice. By the time we got to Le Jardin we were stopping more and more, for longer periods of time, so we ended up finding a patch of sun overlooking the Luxembourg palace and watching the children playing amongst the trees. She leaned against me and fell asleep for a bit as I sat there taking it all in, feeling the weight of her etching it into my memory. When she woke she was coughing I lifted her into a seated position until it had passed. She gave me a little nod, so I collected what few things we had and carried her to a taxi. At the hospital, as I tucked her back into her bed, she turned and kissed my hand.
0: So despite the excerpt that we read there, we do have this in the light side of the magazine for several reasons. Firstly, it's kind of ironic I guess it would do because superficially it's about a sick woman in Paris. However, it's a very short story which unfolds quickly after this into a piece about familial relationships and the similarities between the woman described here and her daughter who is very soon introduced. These similarities mean that the woman's uplifting and positive qualities of which she has many become timeless through her daughter.
1: Yeah it takes the negative and turns it into a positive which is what I love about this piece. It was quite surprising because of the theme you would think it was going to be a dark and depressing theme but we actually talked in the last episode about bereavement and losing someone as being an overused theme but this one was really different because even though it was about these topics it had a really uplifting feel about it. We're probably going to talk in the future about writing with sentimentality and how you do it effectively. And this is a great example of not shoving it down the reader's throat or telling them how they should feel or that they should be sad. It just lets the reader experience the story and make up their own mind about how they want to feel.
0: It leaves you feeling optimistic about what can be achieved in spite of real trials and heartbreak in life. So the overall message is what's important and what stays with the reader. So, we now come to these pieces which cover both the dark and the light theme. And we've picked two pieces just to demonstrate this. Chiaroscuro and to be with them both tonight.
1: I'm glad you said the title of the first one there. I was uh, not looking forward to pronouncing that. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: yeah, Chiaroscuro, just on that note, it means, it's an Italian name, meaning light and dark slash obscure.
1: Yeah, that's the literal meaning of the word, so...
0: even from that, you can see just how well it already fits the theme. What the writer's done, in our opinion, is not just use the title um, as a literal translation of the theme, but the piece of writing really backs that up and is really strong as well. So, first of all, Kairosguro by Liam Hogan. I glimpse her through the bead curtain in the unlit space beyond... It's like watching a silhouette rather than a person. A tall, slender figure with her dark dress tightly fitted. I'll be with you in a moment, she says in an exotic sing-song. There's a rattle and she's standing there, half in, half out, lines of beads contouring her body, dimly lit by the red glow of the Chinese lanterns. She is naked. Naked, but completely covered in abstract patterns. Tattoos. Not tattoos like any I've seen before. These tattoos are a wall that has been graffitied over and over. Swirls and spirals and half glimpsed shapes that ink darker with each layer. No inch of flesh remains unmarked. Not in the palms of our hands, not even in our forehead between curtains of purple streaked hair. The sudden downpour that drove me into the festival side sideshow eases and the thundering noise softens to a steady patter as she comes towards me. I feel my eyes straying to her breast and below, wanting to know if she is truly unclothed, not wanting to offend, and fighting an urge to escape into the anonymous chaos of the crowd outside. Please be seated, she says, indicating the silk-draped table with its two chairs. I obey, and she does the same, arching her back in a languid stretch that has me averting my gaze. You can look, you know. She smiles.
1: Yeah, so again, that's just an excerpt of the story. That's how it starts. And this one's quite rare, actually, because it's unusual for a piece to hit the theme so bang on and for it to still be so effective. Normally, if you try and force your writing to fit into a prescribed theme or topic, or prompt, it can often feel forced, but um, this one felt really natural, and that's why we enjoyed it so much.
0: More figurative depictions, such as that in like art, are also possible, so it's just one way of dealing with the themes you get. On the light side of this piece, um, often it doesn't feel very light when you're reading it, but it's surreal, um, this, and the surreal nature of it just makes it kind of uplifting. Um, The ending as well, not to say too much about this, because I don't want to be a spoiler, but the protagonist is a decision. Um, It lies with the narrator and it takes him to interesting and unusual new places.
1: Yeah, and the dark parts of this story, um, it's about someone who's ostracised from society. It's set in almost a freak show, carnival situation. Um, And also her tattoo could potentially be read as a metaphor for someone going through difficulties who puts up a front to the world. She does find an ally in the narrator, though, veering once more to the concept of light.
0: So in this story, we're really taken on a journey between dark and light, as we are with To Be With Them Both Tonight, which is the next piece we're going to read.
1: So this is the start of To Be With Them Both Tonight by Nick Ryle Wright. It was the sight of a deer emerging from the trees, that caused Joe to steer the car off the road, down into a watery gully. "'I think it was a stag,' Luke said, flicking wet dirt off his jacket as they stood beside their partly submerged vehicle, watching steam, or was it smoke, rising from the bonnet. Joe felt the urge to say something positive, to assure his son that this was merely a temporary setback and that they'd still make it to the campsite before nightfall. But the light had already started to fade, and the pensive look on his son's face suggested that he was already starting to doubt the continued viability of the trip. Uncle Eddie would know, Luke said. He used to hunt deer when he lived in Manitoba. Uncle Eddie was Joe's younger, better-looking brother. The odd job man with an exclusively female clientele. The guy who always seemed to be in his house when Joe got back from work, always shirtless, always fixing, renovating or installing something at his wife Leanne's request. They were only four miles out of town, but Joe did not know these woods quite as well as he claimed to have when he'd first pitched the idea of the camping trip to Luke's dubious mother. But this was his first weekend off in ages, and he was determined to engage in some father and son bonding. If he had to utter a few untruths to make it happen, then so be it. After retrieving their bags from the back of the car, they climbed back up the gully to the road. The campsite wasn't far away, Joe assured his son, and once the tent was up, he'd call someone about the car. It was an imperfect plan, but it was the best he could come up with. Hanging around on the side of the road in the dark, waiting for the recovery van to turn up, was not an appealing proposition.
0: And from there, the story continues. As in Kairosguro, we're taken between the land of darkness and light. Here, though, we're left in a positive place, although the protagonist has some issues which he will need to deal with.
1: (laughs) It's a good teaser, Jen. (laughs) So on the dark side, we obviously have the accident, um, his brother's character and actions, and his son's holding the uncle in such esteem when we know there's um, details to the backstory here as well.
0: On the light side, we have a son with strong academic success, the father's ambitions to be a successful dad and doing everything he can to make his son's life as good as possible, the father's love for his family and his brother, despite any suspicions, coming through as an inherent goodness. So this last point about the inherent goodness that the father has is what wins over all obstacles and is the main point of the story.
1: Yeah, so even though there's many dark messages, in the end it's it's quite an uplifting story and it really balances the playing field between the dark and the light.
0: So hopefully you've seen from the four pieces we've read that you can meet the prompts and themes, whether they're provided by Firewords or any other magazine you might be submitting to in any genre, either figuratively or literally, and can take a very wide approach. So we're always looking for questions or comments from our listeners. Um, and here we have one from Richard. Hello, Tattie Peelers. Are prompts for the benefit of the writer or the magazine? I feel that to get published, I would need to think up a story based on the prompt rather than writing about another idea for which I may have more enthusiasm.
1: <laughs> so Richard's obviously listened to the end of our first episode for the Tattie Peeler reference. Hopefully that's not... um. going to become a theme. (laughs) Uh, So quickly, the difference between a theme and a prompt. A theme is what we've been talking about, um, where each of our issues has a set theme. And then a prompt is usually something which is a bit more specific or uh, restrictive. So in each issue, we also have like a little flash fiction challenge, which has a set prompt, which we usually set in the issue before so that everyone has time to write uh, their pieces around this prompt. We include this section because it's quite a fun challenge to see how from something so specific it might just be a word or a sentence. Or in the last issue we actually had a little uh, illustration that everyone had to inspire their pieces by this. So we include this as a challenge for the writer.
0: It's how we started writing because as we've mentioned before we're writers not just editors. Um, I remember living in Australia for a year and like, doing little flash challenges half an hour to an hour to write these flash fiction pieces, which we use the same prompt for, but they really kind of helped our creative writing process. So we've included the prompt for that reason, from our experience to challenge and hopefully help other writers.
1: So going back to Richard's question, he's asking whether he needs to write towards a prompt or a theme if he has any chance of getting published.
0: Hopefully we've addressed why we do it. It's for the enjoyment of the readers of the magazine and to make the magazine have an identity. So therefore, I think that it's not really for the writers or for the magazine. Um, But hopefully we've also made it clear that it's not necessary to be on theme for a piece to get published in Firewords anyway. See, here we really have to make sure that we're just commenting on Firewords. It might be the case that other magazines you do need to write for the theme. You need to check their submission process to clarify that. But for us, it's not necessary. A good piece that's not on theme, if it's better than a story that is on theme, it will still get published.
1: If the theme is not something that inspires you or your writing, then don't try and force yourself to write under these restrictions. Just write what feels natural to you and what inspires you. So for an example of a piece which wasn't particularly on theme for Issue 7, Jen's going to read out a short story called Dragon and the Stallion. I've just volunteered her for that job. Uh, This is going to conclude this week's episode, so we'll say goodbye now. Thanks for listening, everybody.
0: And see you next time. Although we won't actually see you or hear you, but we'll know you're there next time. The Dragon and the Stallion by Jenna Crozier. She was a dragon, a scaled queen. They claimed they tamed her, like they did to everyone before, but she broke her chains every time. She became a guard dog when they came around, a for their amusement, but after they left, she became a dragon again. He was a stallion, a muscular streak of white. It didn't take long for them to saddle him and he never tried to resist. When the fence broke, he didn't run away. He didn't even try. He was always a stallion and was never anything else. They didn't need to break him because he was already what they wanted of him. She told him to come and fly away with her. He couldn't soar like she could, so she made him a pegasus. He didn't know how to fly, so she taught him. They planned an escape in the dark of night. She flew off to the mountains. He stayed behind.
1: I said that was going to be the end of the podcast, but I've just had a thought actually, listening to that piece being read out by you. I think it actually does fit the theme in a way because it goes with the whole light and dark balance, the yin and yang of everything in life. It's quite clearly about two things which are balanced or unbalanced with each other. What do you think?
0: I think so. The balance and unbalance, yes, but light and dark is kind of harder because what I like about it is the mystery of not really having any context Although you can read into it metaphorically that the situation is like the constraints of citizenship or like everyday life and the structures of government and all that kind of thing, which you could take or leave. But it opens up a whole debate about, well, what is the dark side? What is the light side? Some people would look at it and think, oh, she's breaking free of her trains. She's like in the side of light. Whereas other people would think she was a rebel or Aggressive, an anarchist. Yeah, Anarchist. Anarchist. So it does fit the dark and light theme, but it's open to interpretation and debate, which I love about it.
1: Yeah. I guess that's why it's a good theme because it's so open. Okay, that's it. Goodbye.